0: You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosher of Bleacher Report, joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him at McCoolBTB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Coming up on today's show, Landon and I are going to discuss some of our all twenty-two notes from both offense and the defense. We're going to talk about the Cowboys' rushing attack, everyone's favorite whipping boy in Jalen Smith, and we're going to talk about Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. But before we do that, Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
1: Well, I'm not great because I've watched this tape, <laughs> yeah. but but I'm, I'm I'm here to to yeah. discuss it and uh, you know not necessarily enjoy it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we were talking about this pre-show, but it, there wasn't a lot of big takeaways from this game when you went and turned on the All-22 film because you saw everything on the broadcast. It wasn't like there was a couple of players that played well uh, once you turned on the tape. It was pretty straightforward. There's not a ton uh, from this game to take away, and that's why we're just going to do one show this week of the All-22. So let's jump right into it. Um, I want to talk about the offensive line. Uh, I've got a big piece coming out today on Fansighted about the Cowboys' rushing attack. Uh, I studied every single run from the running backs. They had 16 rushes by the running backs. One was called back due to a holding call. Um, I think going into the game, everybody assumed that the drop-off from Ezekiel Elliott to Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden or Rod Smith was going to be drastic. Um, And it is. I mean, there's no doubt that Elliott's significantly better than those guys. But it wasn't the running backs' fault uh, on Sunday as to why the rushing attack struggled. I mean, I mentioned it on yesterday's show how much they struggled on first down. They had seven of their 11 first down runs, went for two or fewer yards. Um, they just struggled to get everything going. But it, again, it wasn't Alfred Morris's fault. It wasn't Rod Smith's fault. The blocking in this game was the worst that I've seen from this unit, not just this year, but, I mean, I can't remember a game that they were this putrid all the way around. And, and it's not just one player. It's the entire offense. It was Jason Witten got blown up multiple times. This was by far Lyle Collins' worst game of the season. Jonathan Cooper was awful in this game. Terrence Williams missed two blocks uh, in the running uh, or rushing attack. So, all across the board, just an awful performance by the Cowboys rushing game. What were your takeaways when you watched uh, the Cowboys on the All Twenty Two?
1: I would argue that maybe Denver was worse, just because of the fact that you had Tyron Smith and you still were blocking that bad. Um, but that defense
0: is better. I, at least it was early in the year. I mean that 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 defense has a lot more talent than what this Atlanta defense has. Maybe. I, I mean, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe. But
1: I, I still think that as far as p- performances across the board, uh, I think that. You know, it, I think Frederick played pretty decent in this game. I think Martin played See, as I'll just badly as he, badly. He
0: got beat by Poe. Uh, Frederick got beat by Poe in the very first snap of the game on a reach block, and that kind of set the tone. Uh, for I mean, Don,
1: Don Terry Poe is also a better player than any of the interior players that Denver had. But the, yeah, it's stupid to try to argue this whole thing. But I mean, <laughs> th- th- who cares? They're both they're both, they're both they're both terrible games. <laughs> um, uh, I think you know when you look at what 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 went wrong with with the offensive line. I mean, I think everyone's natural inclination, of course, is to go to Chaz Green because of and the left tackle, of course, because of of, of all the sacks. But I mean, and that is clearly a great place to start. But I, I think that it's the 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 failure on the offensive line was uh, across the board. I mean, I think all five of these guys had not their best games and 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 I think that you know in Leo Collins' case it may have been the his worst game of the season like you mentioned um and uh, w- you know Jonathan Cooper and that whole left side it doesn't matter who's over there bell or or green uh when, they're, when whoever's when it's not Tyron Smith that whole left side is bad and and, and Cooper played terribly and, and 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 so like I think the issue is is not just as simple as you know um as you know Tyron Smith but but all the the collateral good that Tyron Smith does too all the the stink that he covers up on the left side uh, and and I think when you combine that with Leo Collins's game I mean it was and you know it was even Zach Martin who had not given up a whole a sack this year or I you know I gave up a pretty big hurry or a sack and and, and you know it just it wasn't it was a, an ugly game Across the line, I think, and, and, you know, the blame needs to be spread out a little bit more. I mean, Chaz Green deserves a certain amount of it, but uh, I think all six of the guys who played on that offensive
0: line didn't have a, a really good game. So we talk a lot about complimentary football, and I think this is a perfect example of what that means. Now, Chaz Green was awful. We talked about it on yesterday's podcast. He was just terrible. But the Cowboys didn't do him a lot of favors in the sense that they didn't help out chipping very often. But they also put themselves in a lot of long or third and longs. They were in a ton of third and eights, third and nine, third and ten, where teams knew they could key, or they could tee off on Dak Prescott. Claiborne knew he could take a wide rush every single time and not get burned. This is the part that, and Credit to you and Joey for talking me into this a couple years ago about Ezekiel Elliott. But he keeps you out of a lot of those third and longs. And Tyron Smith keeps you out of a lot of those third and longs. You're in third and one rather than third and eight. And again, Green was awful. But if you can keep him out of some of those situations in third and fours where you at least have the threat of a run... I. You you can see an improved play, and I'm hoping that's what we see this week with the Eagles. Do you agree with that? Look,
1: I'm going to push back on something real quick because I, I keep hearing this about, you know, adjustments and, and, and wanting chips, to, you know, and all this. And, and, and I think people need to, like, make sure that they – I want to make sure people understand that that, they, that you can't just draw up protections in the middle of a game. Like that's just not how that works. Like you, you, and maybe this is something I I mentioned yesterday, but but just to kind of reiterate, like this is something that you know that protections and the play the plays like they go hand in hand, and they're and they're designed together, and and the install of the week's game plan happens throughout the week, and and you don't just like throw in a bunch of plays at halftime when things aren't working. So, I mean, I think it's very likely that what happened is that throughout the week they were seeing normal Chaz Green, didn't see any issues with it. Suddenly they get to the game Sunday and he's being destroyed because he can't adjust from his uh, a terrible technique issue with his hands that's allowing Adrian Claiborne to beat him with the same move over and over again. Like, we did have this conversation yesterday, but just, then I'll just briefly right. get, get out of it, is that I think the problem is and the the solution for this week is that you know now you know what you've got, so now you you are going into the week knowing that you need to compensate for whoever's on that left side a lot more than you did the, the previous week, and that your eyes can't really trust you to how decent he may look during the week and you know, you know a lot of that that adds to this is that i don't you don't really know if they had padded practices this week because of the limitation there you know it's 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 i think it's tough to. And especially with Chaz Green's injury issues, to to evaluate maybe if he had regressed to, to a certain degree. But at this week, you know that, and so what you need to do is make sure you're schematically adjusting for that and just adding in more protection. So what I think that means is, you know, probably more tight ends, probably more in formation stuff, you know, which which means that you're probably going to be looking at more of a. Uh, play action based offense, and and they got to find a way to run the ball this week, which they couldn't last week. And I, and I think, you know, there were some things that worked, right? Like I do think that like they were having a little bit better success with power stuff than they were with zone. So maybe you go back to that, and so maybe that
0: means you start seeing they were awful in wide zone. Yeah, they well, were I mean, terrible they could, in they, wide they, zone. I mean,
1: the problem is, is that and and to kind of get into like this whole conversation, we should discuss like. On that left side, they couldn't do anything they couldn't pass block they couldn't block the zone blocking whether it was inside zone or wide zone and it was and it was both of them and it was you know Cooper, now that he doesn 't have Smith, has gone back to i can 't play on the second level Jonathan Cooper. Uh, and, and which means mm. that he can't get off his double teams to get to the second level. And when he does manage to get off his double teams to get to the second level, he gets there so late that the only way he's going to affect that player is by grabbing him or holding him. And there were two or three t- times that he ran that I saw that play get run, and he didn't do anything except for maybe hold the guy that didn't
0: get called, thank God. So... I, I tend to think that you needed to... Yeah, there was one on Campbell. There was one on Campbell really quickly. No, I, I mean, think that's the one I'm thinking It should of. have been a big run. Yeah. Yeah, and he... First of all, he, he, it's sad because of how athletic he once was, but he kind of has lost all of his balance, and you really notice it when he's trying to... He he kind of overextends and lunges at these yeah. guys, and Campbell just beat him to a spot so quickly. and it it was actually kind of sad watching Cooper try to execute that block. It's
1: the agility, you know, like he could get up to. He, like, uh, the problem is, is that he can't. He has a bad feel, I think, for coming off the double team. Like, if you watch the inside zone, he was coming off late, and and there were times when our running back was running into to his back because he's coming across the <laughs> face of the running back in the hole as the running back's trying to go through the hole, you know, and it, and like, and, and, and it's just, and then when he gets up there he doesn't have the agility to certainly keep up with a linebacker so when he can't hit his target he gets desperate and that's like you know just like an offensive tackle when they lunge uh, in pass protection it's it nothing good happens when you're when your head gets over your feet you're you're out of control of your body and 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 now Never. you're reaching for something to hold on to and that's always bad for an offensive lineman so yeah it's it was ugly across the board i think you know there are things that they could take away from that uh, but i think that you know they were hoping for a slight calibration once they got into the game to see things here and there, and and realized once they got in there that oh my goodness this is much more than can be just tinkered with to be fixed in game.
0: Really quickly, so be- before we get to Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, um, long term, where does Jonathan Cooper fit into this offense? Because I think that he's probably best suited to be a swing guard, center, that you keep active on game days. And if he has to play next to Tyron Smith, you're fine with it for a couple game stretch. But I just don't think he's the long-term answer there. Do you agree or disagree with I that? I do
1: agree. I mean, I just, I mean, I don't know that, and this has been my thing with, with this guy for a while, is that I just don't know how much better he's going to get. Like, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, I think that what, what, he, what we've seen from him these last few weeks with Tyron Smith is about as good as I think you can imagine you're going to get. Um, and I think that you can you can upgrade that position. And I, I agree. I think his spot is probably your swing interior guy. Um, but I, I don't know that, you know, uh, if Tyron Smith's not in the game, then he's not a great solution at the left guard position.
0: I still think he has value, though. No, absolutely. I, I don't want to get rid experience. of him. I don't want to so, cut him
1: or anything. Sure. Yeah.
0: And, and we just want to make that clear because – He's a guy that has a lot of his starting experience. He can play in the wide zone. So I think he absolutely has a role on this team. Uh, Coming up still in today's show, Layla and I discuss Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, and then we talk about Jalen Smith and what the Cowboys should do with him. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. All right, let's talk about Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis. Uh, Another really strong game from Jordan Lewis. Um, another game in which Anthony Brown flashed at times, but it seemed like that's where offenses are going now to try to get points and yards is to throw at Anthony Brown. Um, is it time to consider moving Anthony Brown away from that outside cornerback spot and into the slot, or are you still confident that Brown can man one of the outside corner spots?
1: No, I mean, I think it's... I think it's time to to start getting Jordan Lewis more snaps there. I mean, I think it's you know he's shown that he's competent there. Um, I I think that I understand the 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 deference to to Brown because of the season he had last year and he has a little more experience obviously, but I, at this point Brown's really having problems and I, I think that he's struggling with confidence he, and I think his play. Even though I don't think it's been all bad, I mean I think he's made he's made he's done some good things here and there. You know the uh, Xavier Woods interception comes to mind. That was basically all all Brown making a play on a, on the throw and, not, and and knocking the ball in the air for Woods. So um, you know I, I still think he has value. I think he can pull out of this. I, I'm I'm hoping that you know maybe once he gets out of the season or gets some time away that he can kind of you know reset himself and, and get back closer to the the corner he was his rookie year. But I think as it is right now, I think he's clearly having a crisis of confidence or just not feeling as consistent in the positions that they're putting him in. And I think it's time to see more of Jordan Lewis. And, and you know, maybe, maybe, maybe this also gets supplemented a certain amount by Jadobi Awuzie as well yes. coming back hopefully this week. So we'll, you know, yeah, I think it is time to start seeing more of the young guys and, and letting Brown maybe take some more snaps inside where he's maybe more comfortable and, and letting these other guys take the outside snaps.
0: So I was talking to our friend Jonah Tolles the other day, and I was kind of trying to picture what the Cowboys secondary is going to look like in the next couple of years and trying to find the best spots for everybody. Uh, we kind of all came to the conclusion that Jordan Lewis' is best spot in the NFL is going to be on the outside. Anthony Brown's best spot is going to be probably as a slot corner, and that's at least where I see his best play come from, is in the slot, because I think he just struggles with that press coverage uh, on the outside. And then I'm not sure what Chidobe is yet. I, I mean, this is these next seven games are going to be important for him because I'm not sure where his best spot is at. So far, what I saw in the preseason and in the very few limited snaps that we saw in the regular season, I think he's better off as this hybrid kind of safety corner similar to Byron Jones. So to me, that means that I think they need to find another outside corner this year, assuming that Orlando Skandrick is, is gone after the 2017 season. Where do you kind of see all three of these guys fitting in in the future for the Cowboys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's still a tough question because you really still—I mean, I, I, you know—at this point, you would like to have more of a sample size with Chidobe to know exactly what you're getting there. And and I think I don't disagree that I I I I, I like that idea of of the uh, of the kind of the hybrid role, like almost like the mirror image of Byron Jones, kind of you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, can you play and, those two and, and together? And I think having, can you can can you yeah, play I, those guys I think together? You can. I, yeah, I mean, I think you can. I mean, I think you just need to, you know, be conscious of how you're doing it week to week, you know? And I think that, like, that's – it's. I, I, to answer your question, yeah, you absolutely can. I just think that you just need to know that the value in a, in a lot of having those guys is the matchups that they can erase or or you're going to create for your team. So you just need to – deploy it like that week to week like now so what you so saw to kind of get to your point i think yeah what that means is that if you're looking at a season next year without skandrick or um you know without uh and you just don't really know what you're going to get out of brown then i think yeah you, you probably are in the market for another corner i think you like you know duke thomas uh the the guy who kind of has stashed on your ir um is it duke thomas right
0: yeah, Duke Thomas, but Marquise well, White. Uh, Marquise White yeah, was a seventh round pick. He's Mar- yeah, got the Marquez size White to play I mean, on the I mean, outside.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm, no, yeah, and I think I think that, but, I, but but I guess my point is is that, yeah, obviously I, I I wasn't discounting White. I just obviously was including him in the picture. But I'm saying with with Thomas in there as well, that could be a reason that if they didn't go with a corner in the draft this year, that they could say, look, we've got White, we've got Thomas, who we also like. And uh, and then maybe you could sign. Uh you know, a middle range vet, or maybe you could hold on to a guy like Benet Ben Wickery, You know, mm-hmm. like just to have another body in there, just to you know, and and, and just like because I think you still, again, you're gonna want another body when it comes to training camp, and we're talking way ahead of time. But I, I think that it, it will, you you kind of will look for maybe another cheap vet option, maybe even cheaper than Nolan Carroll this year because you have a little bit better certainty in what you have returning. Um, but I think you know, it would still would benefit you to maybe have. A cheap vet, um, and then you could look in the undrafts. It's free agent. You could look a little bit later in the draft. I mean, I just feel like at this point, they you're you're right. They should probably get another corner. I don't know if I'm like ready to spend a top 100 pick on a Neither corner. Neither uh at this at this point.
0: And, and this is why I would be okay paying a a guy that's a little bit more expensive than Nolan Carroll. If I can go out in free agency and get a guy that I know can start on the outside. You know, maybe similar to what they did with Brandon Carr in 2012 or whatever year they got him, where you can get, you know, that you can get a solid number two corner. I would be willing to do that because I think that would allow the Cowboys to kind of let the rest of the pieces fall into place with Jordan Lewis being the outside and then Brown playing the slot and then allowing Shadobi to do everything else. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Go ahead. I was
1: gonna say I I don't hate that, and I the other thing is I don't know that it's gonna cost you that much because if you continue or to make that transition to more of a zone defense, especially as the pass rush starts to come along a little bit more, I don't know that you're gonna have to spend a ton of money to get an experienced zone corner as opposed to, uh, you know, an island lockdown corner. I mean, I think the man coverage guys seem to be more expensive, right? Because, like, those are more widely used. And and I think that you want a guy who could do both, but I'm saying, like – I think you can find a guy with a more, var- you know, varied skill set who is maybe a better zone player than a than a man player, and that is still a cheap option, you know, and that and that could still be a cheap vet option that could still be, like you said, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like you could reach for a vet, but I don't know that you need to necessarily spend uh, Nolan Carroll money this year because this year you could probably go for a. a you know that kind of that second tier sort of corner that is doesn't maybe fit every scheme but fits our scheme. You know,
0: Yeah, I was just looking at some of the names. It's it's not a great free agent class. Uh, I mean, they're not going to spend for guys like Malcolm Butler, or Tremaine Johnson, or uh, Jonathan Joseph. But I mean, there's guys in there that I like a little bit. I mean, um, Pierre de Desir from the Colts I think is a decent option. But we have plenty of time to talk about those cornerbacks yeah. uh, in the <laughs> offseason. We, we will get there. So before we get to Jalen Smith, let's pause for a second so I can remind you guys to please take a moment of your time to leave a five-star review for the show, the Locked on Cowboys podcast. If you leave a review and your Twitter handle, you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. If you would happen to win, you'll have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts. NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, fantasy, DFS, and NFL draft articles, team and player pages featuring Pro Football Focus's signature stats. Again, all you guys have to do is leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus ad subscription. I highly recommend you guys doing that. We use Pro Football Focus all the time and absolutely love it. So take a minute of your time, five star review, Twitter handle. That's all you guys need to do. All right, we have a couple minutes left. Let's talk about Jalen Smith. Um, this one was tough because I obviously he's not 100% healthy. And I, I think everybody kind of realizes that now. Um, but what I'm more concerned about is he doesn't seem like he's understanding where he's supposed to be. I mean, I saw him shooting gaps. He had absolutely no business trying to shoot. Uh, he... he he shies away from taking on blocks. I mean, that's not that surprising because he didn't really do that at Notre Dame very often. But as a middle linebacker, you need to do that in this scheme. Uh, I'm Come seriously on. concerned. I, I, but listen, here's the thing. He, coming out of Notre I, no, Dame... No, I, I, he, I, I, I'm just saying that one thing, but I, I, I'm not disagreeing with your whole thing, your whole assessment. Go ahead. All right, that's all right. Ahead. I'm going to keep going then. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, please. Uh, coming yes, out go of ahead. Notre Dame, this was an elite athlete who uh, I don't think we've ever saw a guy of his athleticism at Notre Dame uh, or in college play like that. And then when you lose a little bit of your athleticism, you need to rely on something else to get by. Right now, I think Jalen Smith's confidence is shot. I I, I just don't know what he's doing out there. And it's a problem, especially in the next couple weeks when you're going to be playing some really good offenses that are going to be challenging those linebackers. Zach Ertz and the Philadelphia Eagles – are coming to town here in the next couple of days, and they're going to absolutely try to pick on Jalen in the middle of the field. What did the Cowboys do with Jalen Smith? Is there a way to hide him? Does he need to be on the field? Should they try to replace him? What do they do with Jalen?
1: I mean, if if they needed to replace him, Justin Durant is healthy at this point. So, I mean, I think that that is – and that's that's the answer if if they want to do that. Now they haven't done that yet. I mean he was healthy last game. I'm not going to disagree with you that that Jaylen's had some some mental assignment busts cuz he absolutely has. And he doesn't I agree with you that he probably isn't 100% healthy at this point. But uh, this whole idea of what what I'm disagreeing with you is a willingness to take on blocks. Like I- I've seen this dude take on blocks. Like he has no problem with taking on blocks. Has he always shed every block that he's made? No, but uh, we still have Anthony Hitchens on this team too. So, you know, look, I-, I think that he's still a young player, and he's being forced into a situation that is unfortunate because it really wasn't what we had planned for this guy like we were hoping that he'd be playing maybe 10 or 15 snaps uh a game, a game at this point to get some experience with the idea that he come in next year and uh you know with the, with the, with the option of trying to take that starting job or taking that starting job at this point like now he's forced onto the, the field and he's probably unless they you know unless they sub in Durant there he's probably going to end up playing a, a ton of a, a ton of snaps. Now, let's also keep in mind that part of the whole thing that happened with 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 uh, with Jalen is that he didn't get the benefit of you know some of these other guys who were subbing like you know Chaz Green or or the the running backs of knowing that he was going to have to step in and, and replace somebody all week. He 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 got all his extra snaps in game. So you know, and at that point, Hitchens slides over to Will, and and, and Jalen is playing Mike. Or if you know, if I mean, no matter where Jalen and, and Hitchens are playing, Jalen didn't get those practice reps during the week. Jalen so needs to play Will. Th- that's another th- extra Jaylen
0: thing. Jalen needs to play. Jalen needs what? to play the yeah.
1: Jalen needs to play. Well, I mean, that's I mean, you 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 can have we can have that argument too. I th- I don't have a problem with that. I I still trust. Jalen taking on blocks more than i trust mm. Hitchens, and I also think that if you believe that Hitchens is playing better than Jalen, then you need Hitchens to play the Will, because Will is where it all gets funneled to. So, I look. I I agree that I don't think he's playing his best. He played his best football Sunday, um, but I also think that the fact that he had to come in and and basically triple the probably the number of snaps that he was going to play in that game. Didn't help his situation any, and and he's kind of being put into a bad position uh, that you know, or he was put into a bad position. And hopefully, they're going to get a chance to you know get Durant some more snaps to actually you know alleviate some of uh, Jalen's heavy load at
0: this point. So I think this offseason we're going to need to have a, a serious talk about going linebacker early in the draft. With Sean Lee's health and Anthony Hitchens scheduled to hit free agency and knowing that you cannot count on Jalen Smith, I, I really think the Cowboys have to think long and hard about either adding a linebacker early in the draft or or going out and paying for one in free agency because you can't keep throwing away games because Sean Lee's missing time. I mean, we mentioned we talked about it yesterday. I know it's bad luck playing against some really good offenses when Sean Lee's out of the game, but this is a trend that's kind of happening over the last couple of years. That anytime, or anytime Sean Lee's out of the game, they just get demolished on defense. So we'll see what the Cowboys do. Um, that's it for today's show. We'll be back on Thursday to answer your Twitter questions. Uh, you can send them into the, uh, our Twitter handle, which is at LockedOnCowboys, or you can use the hashtag LockedOnCowboys, and we will answer them all on air. We're going to try to answer as many as possible. So please make sure you guys send those in. Uh, please tune in tomorrow, and we will see you right back here on the LockedOnCowboys podcast.